Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Ten. Nine. It's like a bomb going Oh, on. okay. So, but I picked ten, which is too hard. Hard? Long. Long for the purposes, purposes of this. Of bomb. Yeah. But like bombs, like in Mission Impossible, sometimes they're like yeah. eight minutes. Yeah. Like that's a long period of That's time. a very long period. But that's because they need time for the scene to play They out. have eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. We don't have eight times for our we podcast. Don't, yeah, we don't. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Good F. A for effort. A for effort. I should have brought some wires. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But you told me no props. Yes, yeah, yeah. and you get it now when you tried it with the props and you're like, oh, what this is? isn't working. Props are great. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one hill I stand on, it's props. I get it. It's fair. Mm. Mita, how's it going? I'm here. You are here. Literally here. Yes. I still have a little tickle yeah, in my throat. I now have the tickle in my throat. Oh, did I pass it along? I don't know if it was you because my family is sick. Like everybody yeah. I know is Everyone like, some ev- version yeah. and apparently it's like going around. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was me because I live with someone, my father. And my father is of a I don't think age. it was you. I actually don't think it was you. Yes. I don't think it was me because he has not gotten sick at because all. Because I think we recorded on Thursday and by Friday I was starting to feel it. It's too soon. Too and, for yeah, me for to have passed it on to you. But also my father has, oh, oh, you know what? I'm starting to think like he didn't get COVID when I had COVID. Yeah. And like we went to Europe and he didn't, he got a little bit sick, but yeah. not as bad as some of the other people on our trip. Yeah. And I'm starting to think that like he's a superhero or something. Yeah, he's got a very good immunity. He's radioactive man. Don't don't uh jinx it. Okay. Sorry. It's railway. It's railway tracks. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, two things to discuss. Oh uh, yeah. Let me talk about the first thing quickly. Okay. And then we can move into the next thing. Yeah. I saw the Archies. You saw the Archies. I did. No, I saw the Archies. I, know. <laughs> I saw the Archies at your house. You did. Mita came to my house to babysit my kids so that uh, we could go to my wife's Christmas party and she watched the Archies. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you give me your thoughts first. Okay. I watched the Archies. Yeah. I was like looking forward to the Archies because if you don't know, it's directed by Zoya Akhtar, yeah. who's directed great films. Great. Like, um, Capital G. Is Zindagi the first? No. Luck by chance. Luck by chance. Zindigi. Zindigi. Dildrakneto. Gully Boy. Okay. And she also and now, had a fantastic um, short in Lust Stories. Which one was hers? Hers was the one about the maid who's sleeping with her. Oh, that is a good one. It's the best one. Yeah. She's sleeping with her the, 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 her, her flat owner. Yes. And then he's getting having an arranged, an arranged marriage. Yeah. And she's realizing where she stands. Like, it's, yeah. on a, it's That's a good spectacular. One. Yeah. Yes. Watch Lust Stories. Lust Stories is great. It's not as good as one. Okay. One Watch is... Less. Mint filmmaking, mm. really. All four of those stories yeah. are great. But yes. But yes, directed, written by Zoya Akhtar, starring three Bollywood Nepo babies. Nepo, Nepo. Nepo, Nepo. <laughs> and so there's a lot of excitement about yeah. the Archies. And I will say this. Zoya Akhtar created a world. Yeah. She's definitely done something here. Yeah. That's pretty spectacular to watch, like, all those pieces. The parts move, life. yeah. The parts moving is, like, pretty great. The actual, like, story within the Archies uh, is not something that I am, like, desiring, that I want to, like, that I needed to yeah. see. It wasn't something that really, like, fulfilled me. Yeah. Along with the acting of the All main six. cat. Yeah. yeah. I mean. 
the main three? The main three really were kind of disappointing yeah. to me. And I think that's what people are watching for because yeah. it is their debuts. They're all Nepo babies, so we all want to see... And like, Nepo babies of the highest order. Exactly. One is Shah Rukh Khan's daughter. Shah Rukh Khan's daughter. Amitabh Bachchan's grandson. grandson. And Shri Devi's other daughter. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel bad. She's the other daughter. She, she's the other daughter. Yeah. But that's what happens when you're the youngest. I yeah, am another daughter, is, too. Yeah. Um, I was really kind of disappointed by yeah. the three of them. And I it wasn't... I mean, the Archie's, like, while it's beautiful to watch, um, and there's really great spirit in it, I don't think it, like, it was what she wanted it to be. I don't think it's, like, this cultural moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to start a bunch of trends and, like, be what everybody is talking mm-hmm. about. And it was kind of disappointing. But, yeah, those were my thoughts. Yeah. What about you? I will say this was, I think, the best version of what it could have been. Mm. It's immaculately put together. Yeah. There, there is some cinema. The cinematography is amazing. The set design, the costuming, the choreography, the mu- like literally every piece of the puzzle is like the finest piece of this puzzle that could have come together. Yeah. Except the screenplay. Mm-hmm. The screenplay was the weakest link by a mile. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is because Zoya Akhtar has directed, she is like five for five. It's a flawless record. And a flawless record where, personally for me, Zindagi Namalegi Dubara is the the bottom of the list. Okay. Which is saying something, a lot. Because it's a really It's a film. really great film. Yeah. So it's saying something. But Gully Boy and Luck by Chance are, like, all-time favorites of mine. Like, mm-hmm. she is a spectacular film filmmaker. And what makes her a good filmmaker is her storytelling. Mm-hmm. She tells interesting, complex, socially relevant things in the most entertaining, interesting ways. Yeah. She has a way of blending social commentary and like something like Dil though, which is could be really misconstrued for just being like pretty poppy, to look at. Yeah. Poppy and pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. It's saying some really interesting feminist things. Yes. Like has real bones to it. This has no bones to it. No. It doesn't even have kind of bones. It's actually quite a departure from what Zoya does. Yeah. She has never done anything of this frivolous and pointless it is though it really it's not saying anything. there's no huge takeaways no from it. nothing I, there are takeaways but nothing was like said that i felt like it was pronounced there was like two lines yeah that i was like i it, it was just like oh this is the movie this should have been i think archie's father at one point says you don't go to find, you don't go out to find art, you go in. Mm, and I was yeah. just like, oh, oh that's I was like, thing. that's a line. That's yeah. such a great line. And then Archie's father at one point also says, like, he, he makes some comment about how, like, you know, just because we were minorities, this is still our land. Yeah. Like, there, he, Zoya is make she's, she's a, she's making commentary about, like, minorities and people's responsibilities and where they stand. And, like, just because you're a minority and people don't want you doesn't mean you don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And, like, Amazing, but that's what the whole movie needed to be. Yeah. And, like, I find that it just, it felt very episodic. Yeah. Like, it felt like a bunch of episodes of the Archies you were watching. Mm -hmm. And things just kind of flowed into each other. This would work better as a series. I think it actually would have worked pretty well as, like, a limited series. Yeah. And she probably could have done more with it. And I think it would have actually given the, the, I will say that of the seven Archie characters... The four non-Nepos are the stronger ones. Are the more interesting. Are the more interesting ones. Yeah. Dilly. 
Dilly, all of them. Dilly, D- Dilly and Reggie. And Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> they're all really interesting and really good actors. I will say this about the Nepos. Yeah. People are like, Nepo, Nepo, the only reason they're there is because of their fame. Fine. But could you imagine the pressure on Suhana Khan? On all of them. That I is. Know there's huge pressure. That is immense. Like, yeah. you don't know what that pressure feels like when you're Shahan, when your father has delivered two of the biggest movies of the year in his almost 60s. Yeah. He's had like three decades of a career and like it's continues, beloved. is beloved across the world and you're yeah. coming in. That sucks. It does. That's, that's, and she's a young woman, like yeah. she's she's been, and she's being torn apart on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's really like uncool. I mean, I would never say the things that other people no, but are saying. No, that other people are saying things. They're that saying are just things. Rude. It's rude and it's cruel. She's, yeah. she's still a young like. Fine, she's there because of her father. The way that like, if I were famous and I had a child, I would do everything in my power to make them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nepotism. Like, like, come on, like give me a break, kid. like. It's not her fault her father is Shah Rukh Khan and he's trying to do what he can for her. Yeah. Don't like don't don't give don't say that no one else would do that except for like Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I think I will say I did like Khushi Kapoor. Yes. Khushi Kapoor I, is actually I really good. I quite like Khushi Kapoor. I mm-hmm. thought she had showed the most promise. I guess they wasn't bad either, but of the three of them Khushi is the Khushi one is that I was just like, "Oh, let me let me watch this." Yeah. She's, There's something she's there. She's stunning. She's mm-hmm. beautiful, but she's not like Janvi I find is like sultry hot and she has a bit of like she's a, softer she's softer she's more regal looking she reminds me more of Sri Devi yeah, than Janvi does, does. Yeah. Janvi kind of looks like nobody but that's because neither of them have their, have original, their original face, face. No. but that's another conversation Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah I was kind of disappointed but also like I enjoyed it Yeah, I think for what like once it lands I it's this is not the caliber of Zoya after, but I enjoyed it while I watched it. Mm-hmm. The songs were fun, fun and catchy, fun and catchy. Great choreography, great, amazing choreography. Yes, easy to watch. I do want your opinion on Sahana Khan's dancing, though, yeah. because I'm not a fan. She wasn't great, and she at some point, so I mean, my, my wife was like. Oh, she's trying too hard now. You just can like, yeah. see in her mind she's, she's trying to remember think, what the yeah, next what the step next is. Move is. And did. it's because it's very fast-paced. You're it's, thinking of that song in the house, right? Yes. And she's leading it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of choreography. Yeah. And it's a lot of complex choreography. It is. And it's a lot of arm movements yeah. in which she's not... They're not graceful yeah. on her. You know, I think the problem is, is that, like, these kids... Like, Shah Rukh Khan... Fine. Shah Rukh Khan wasn't Shah Rukh Khan when he started. So the pressure wasn't on him to instantly be, like, a runaway success. Yeah. But I, I think, like, growing up in, like, this kind of environment is just, like, she's expected to be all things all at once. Yeah, we she's, want the best for her. Yeah, we want, the, but we also expect the expect best, the best from for her. her. And she's, like, 19. Mm-hmm. Like, slow your roll, man. Like, yeah. even Alia Bhatt was not remarkable in her first that, movie. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But also... Like, I think this is also a very difficult thing to do for your debut because it's also IP characters that yeah. people have an emotional attachment to. And that's the other thing I will say is that I find it actually really interesting because I read that this is actually the first cinematic adaption of the Archies. R- Riverdale is a series. Series, yeah. This is the first f- feature film. Oh, interesting. Which is fascinating. And I read reviews about from, like, non-Desi people who are like, it's kind of weird. And I'm like, it's weird because they're brown. Yeah. That's yeah. the only reason you find it weird. This as a all white cast, people, people would, would eat this up. Yeah. yeah. Plot, music, everything. Yeah. You'd eat it up. And that's interesting. I think that they ate you, up Riverdale and Riverdale's ate, trash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, th- I just think it's interesting that you take this 
very classically histor- historic American IP, and she tried to Indianize it in her best way. That's what I mean. There's so much actually really good about this, and like the attempt, it's just that. And in, she makes them all half white. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? It's just, She's I think in the, in the end, it just kind of falls flat. It is what it is. It was a good, it was a good watch. Yeah. Maybe on in the background at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe just the songs. I don't even need the videos. Although I do like the roller skating song. Dishum, dishum. Yeah. It's I very like Chicago. The, yeah. I like the roller skates part. The va va choreography and cinematography is like... It's pretty fun. There's like a movie, move, a scene where they're like going around the entire like gazebo mm-hmm. and dancing through it. It's like... It's good. It's impressive, man. Yeah. It's really impressive. My one takeaway is I hope Zoe Hathor does a proper Bollywood musical. Oh, yeah. Like a Rocky and Ronnie. You think... She, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right? Don't you want to... Now that I... When I saw this, I was just like, oh, you have a, an eye for this. Because mm. the, the choreography is amazing. The song, there's a lot of songs. And the ones that are, like, choreographed, there's... The movie's actually... It's most exciting when there's a song. Yeah. I'm still holding out for a female Dilchata hai. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm still that Gila Zara. Hopefully, it happens. Who was supposed to direct that? Farhan. Farhan Akhtar, and she was going to write it, and Alia, Brianka, and Katrina. That's like it was too good to be true. Yeah, and we all knew that. We were so excited, but everyone was. When you think about it, you're like that just seems ambitious. It would have been so good. Yeah. Ba 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 boom. Ba 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 boom. She'll do it. I think she will. I hope her next one she does. Yeah. Next quick thing before we move on. Yeah. The Golden Globe nominations. Oh my gosh, yeah, they, they happened. Did. They happened. No surprises. Which is why I didn't think it was the headliner of this conversation, because it was like, they're really underwhelming. There were two things, actually, that Which I Which ones? So the first was um, Jennifer Lawrence being nominated. Yes, no that was. Feeling. I said that. But also, Air got nominated. Yeah. For- I was actually expecting that. Why? Because, and I haven't even seen Air, but the Gold Globes are kind of dumb that way. It's just so... That movie came out, like, forever ago. Yeah, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm still very... Yeah. It has a like, very high Rotten Tomatoes rating. It's it's fine. It's not a terrible movie. It's not, like, the worst movie you'll ever watch. Yeah. But it's also just, like, it's okay. It's a movie about, like, how they came up with Air Jordans. It's not, like, revolutionary. Yeah. But I, I was a little, like, really? Air? I'm still baffled. Matt Damon? Really? He didn't get nominated. Yeah, he did. He did? I'm pretty sure. Oh. Did he? Can you double check for me? I feel like I saw I the name. He did. You are correct. As always. No, <laughs> yeah. I did not. He I think I glossed a... over that completely. Yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just a little confused. I don't know. Somebody must have gotten a favor. But the Globes historically always do weird There's always like one that. weird one. There's like always Emily a tourist. Emily in Paris. Yeah, Emily in Paris. <laughs> Dumb things that you're like, you're better than this. Yeah. But otherwise, the other nominees all expected. Yeah. Everyone, everything that's in contention, everything that's like in the race, mm-hmm. the best like drama and com- musical comedy, it's all very like cool. This is unfortunately the time where the race starts to slow down, I find. Like, it gets exciting when Oscar nominees nominations come out. Mm-hmm. But I do find that, like, it, it starts to... There's no... The surprises stop. Yes. Well, I mean, the surprises right now at this point are, like, actually watching the films. Because we still have... Yes, exactly. We, we have through. seen some big ones that we haven't seen. Yeah. I will say that I was listening to the radio today. And they were talking about the Golden Globe nominees. And they listed the Best Picture in both categories. Mm-hmm. And the four hosts were, like... 
There's no good movies. Who's watching this? Have you heard of that? He went through a thing where he named the movie and asked the other three hosts. Yeah. They heard of it. And but they're just, not movie people. No. And they're just like, have you heard of Anatomy of a Fall? And they're like, nope, nope. And it's just like, what's zone of interest? And I was just like, oh, this boy. is, it was one. And I had to change it. I was just like, yeah. this is embarrassing. It's just too much. And it, you know what it made it seem like? It made you seem uncultured. Like just, yeah. not you. <laughs> the conversation made them seem it uncultured. Very uncultured. I was just like. So you, I know get, exactly which morning show. Yeah, you're I know too, and like I'm not surprised. <laughs> I I generally actually find them funny and enjoyable, yeah. but I find whenever they talk about movies, it's such a like. So it's like, why are you the one talking it's about? So movies? yeah, it's so it's cringy because they're so like uneducated about the subject. Then they're like, all they knew was like Barbie and Oppenheimer, and it's just like you know, there's a world outside of. What cat plays at a Cineplex? At work, we play like all those games, yeah, like yeah, Movie yeah. Doll, Movie Grid, Flickle, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. And there's some people who like participate in it. And whenever it gets to Movie Grid, yeah, it'll be today. For instance, it was like Jeremy Strong, yeah, and like half the people were like, I don't know who this actor is. Yeah. I was like, Jeremy Strong has been in like everything yeah. <laughs> in the last yeah. like ten years. Yeah, how do you not how know? Do you not know this person? How do you not even know him from Succession? Yeah. Like, I, granted, like, you don't realize, you forget he's a moment You forget, game. yeah, he's yeah, yeah, that short. was the like, thing. Yeah. But. I, do, I do find that, like, I get that, like, maybe you don't know everything, and one of the guys was like, there's nothing good playing anymore, and I'm just like, like, it, it honestly made my blood boil, I was just like, but you. they don't know. It's because you don't know, you're yeah. not even, like, if you even take a moment to look up, you know, something like Zone of Interest is very, like, out there, and Poor Things is super artsy, and, like, yeah. I get that. But if you read the logline of Anatomy of a Fall, you should it's be like, very it's intriguing. very intriguing. It's not a movie for everybody, though. It isn't, but that logline... But it's very intriguing. It's very intriguing. It's yeah. enough to be like, oh. And it's enough for, like, people like who like true crime to be, like, exactly. interested in. Exactly. Which is a huge market. It's a huge market, right? Yeah. Like, I just... Anyways, I... But something that is out that I think people should go see is Dream Scenario. And it was nominated oh, for a Gold. It was nominated for a Gold. Uh, yeah. Rightfully so. Dream Scenario. I told you it was my favorite from TIFF. I went I was, inside this weekend and I, I agree with and you. And isn't it, it was, it's best just to walk in. Yeah. yeah. Don't, my dad asked me what is it about. I was like, no, I'm not telling you. Yeah. You should just watch you it. You should just watch it. It's yeah. a, it's a f- fun, clever film. Mm-hmm. You know, a landscape where it's hard to be fun and clever. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, the, yes. What did we watch this week? <laughs> Something so fun and so clever. So fun and so clever. This week we watched the 82nd Best Picture winner. Wow. I think that's right. The Hurt Locker. Can you believe that's how many movies we've, we've watched? We've watched so many movies. So many movies. I'm proud of us. There is a point of pride in being like, I've seen every... Best I've seen a movie winner. in every decade since the 20s. Wow. We're so cool. So cool. So cool. <laughs> Don't you wish you were us? But like my movie pretension now has kind of like clout. Yeah, you <laughs> like, need to bring I've it to earned it. I've, <laughs> I've, no, I've earned it. I will absolutely not. I have <laughs> earned my clout. I will absolutely look down on people who are like, what's the zone of interest? Google it. <laughs> Here's what IMDb has to say about the Hurt Tell Locker. Tell us, please. During the Iraq War, a sergeant recently assigned to an army bomb squad is put at odds with his squad mates due to his maverick way of handling his work. Okay. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I had never seen The Hurt Locker, and I thought I had. Oh, what did you see then? I have seen the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie before. How? I know I've seen that through probably, like... TikTok? No, no, no. 
No, from before. Yeah. From, like, when this was nominated, probably through, like, clips on the internet and stuff like that. And I just always assumed I've seen the movie. Because yeah. I thought, I literally thought the last 20 minutes was what the whole movie was. <laughs> yeah. There Do you go. know what I mean? Um, so I, I literally just watched it right before yeah. we recorded. Because so. it was not available anywhere. Yeah. Except so now, my house. Yep. So now I've seen The Her Locker. Okay. Yeah, that's my secret for you. Let me tell you about my Hurt Locker experience. Okay. So this came out in 2000. It, there was a weird like trajectory. It actually released in 2008 when it premiered at Venice. And then it released in 2009, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. I saw it. When I lived in Vancouver. Okay. I lived in Vancouver on my own, and I had heard nothing about this movie until it started to make the appearance in the Academy Award visit. And I saw it for the first time, and this is the second time I have seen it. Yeah. I don't love war movies. (laughs) Really? You don't love war movies. This is fact. Fact, not fiction. No. Here was my experience watching it this time. I will say, I think it is... A very good version of itself, much like the Archies. Yeah. It is, it is like the best version. It's basically of, it's the Archies. basically the Archies. It's the same version. It's, it's the best version that it could be. Yeah. And the most interesting version of a war film. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't focus on the war. It no. tries to more focus on the people, people. and the psychology behind it. Mm-hmm. That said... I found it very hard this time mm-hmm. to watch a movie about the Iraq war mm-hmm. and have any amount of sympathy for those men. To yeah. To try to and like try to recognize like why are they even in the positions yeah. that they're in yeah. right now? Yeah. It just does not make sense. Yeah. It I also had a lot of feelings about what's happening in Palestine right now. Yes. There was a lot of mirror images, mm-hmm. a lot of like feelings about what's happening there versus what this movie is trying to portray and kind of some overt propaganda Mm -hmm. that might not even be intentional propaganda. No, I don't think Catherine Bigelow. I don't think that was the intention. I don't think she's a Republican, but she's white. Yeah. And that comes out Mm -hmm. because ignore Anthony Mackie. Cause I don't think that was, he's not written to be black in all honesty. I think he was, he was just cast as a, because he's a good actor and yeah. maybe for some diversity, fair enough. But he's not written as a black man. No. And so the lens of this is the good white people versus the bad brown people. Yeah. Start to finish. Who yeah. are living in poverty, in, in rubble, in garbage. White people are meant to sympathize for them. Yeah, they're the saviors. There's, yeah. Or they're meant to believe that they're all terrorists. Yeah. It was, this is a really depressing movie. It's yeah. not a fun movie. No. No. But what were your thoughts? I, so I, for whatever reason, the longest time I thought, so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen yeah. The Hurt Locker, but in the last 25 minutes or so, Jeremy Renner walks into a situation in which he needs to detonate a bomb um, that's been strapped onto a civilian. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought that's what this whole movie was about, was, like, him trying to detonate. Oh, okay. I thought that that's what the whole thing okay, was. Okay, or, okay. like, him getting into situations like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it was, like, the psychology of what it is to be a yeah. soldier in that specific war. Yeah. And so... I was a little taken aback when I started seeing all yeah, these yeah. other things. I was like, wait, that's what this movie yeah. is? 
And I think... Wait, Guy Pierce? <laughs> Wait, <Yeah>. Ralph Fiennes? <laughs> so sad that Guy Pierce. <laughs> yeah. I'm still upset about it. It was half an hour ago. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> I, yeah, was not expecting to see what I was seeing. Yeah. But I also am having a hard time sort of just wrapping my mind around it because we know now it's 2023, like the Iraq War was pointless. Yeah. There was no need to be there at that yeah. time. And I think both sides can agree on that. Maybe I mean, they don't, yeah. but... I also, just, like, ironically, have been very much, like, at work, I, like, have something on in the background, and I've been watching, like, the best of the view fights. Okay. And the best view fight, in my opinion, is the Rosie O'Donnell-Elizabeth yes. Hasselbeck fight. Is that about the war in Iraq? Yes. Oh, okay. So, essentially, I guess Fox News had likened Rosie O'Donnell to being a terrorist because of how she felt about the war of Iraq. And Elizabeth Hasselbeck was on Fox News and did not defend Rosie as Rosie was coming for Elizabeth. And she was asking Elizabeth questions like, did we, like, why did we invade Iraq? Yeah. yeah, Anyways, it had. And she didn't. Elizabeth Hasselbeck is an idiot and didn't deal with that very well. No, she didn't. And so it comes off as uh, Rosie O'Donnell essentially like... Bullying Bullying this little white girl. And that's what she literally says in the fight. She's like, I don't want to do this because this is going to be spinned. Big fat lesbian Rosie attacks small petite Christian. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And it's one of the best fights that you can watch, so I highly recommend. But like the Iraq war has been in the back of my mind the last... Interestingly enough, yeah. Yeah, and watching it's just so, it's so heartbreaking to know, like, that's what, what happened. But then I was thinking, in 2009, I was 18 years old, 17, 18 Mm -hmm. for 2009, and so I don't, that's not what my mind was focused on. My mind was focused on graduating high school. Of course, Going to prom, Uh (laughs) like, the dumb shit like that, so I don't really remember what the sentiment was but i guess because it it was so close to when it was happening that i guess people probably were really like captivated and moved by this and maybe like i i don't know if excited is the word to use are you trying to understand what 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 the momentum behind this yes like what was the what was the catalyst for it being like, okay, yes, like this is going to be like what the best picture of the year. Yeah. Like what was the push? Because if I watch this today, yeah. I'm quite frankly disappointed in how one-sided it is in terms of what's being representative of that specific war. Yeah, I, I will say that. But I do think that it's, it is a movie that maybe gets away with it a little bit because it's not focusing on... Iraq itself. Iraq or America, even. Mm-hmm. It's focusing on those three soldiers and how they deal with war. Mm-hmm. And the Iraq war just happens to be where they are, right? Like, yeah. it's not necessarily about... It's just hard not to, like, I get that the movie is about something different, Mm -hmm. like, it is the psychology, but it's hard to watch that and not take into effect which war it is. Yeah. Like, the same thing happened to me when watching, like, Platoon. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily about the Vietnam War, but, like, I still don't understand that war. Like, what was the Yeah, the Vietnam War is questionable, and so is, like, the war in Iraq was also questionable, and no one understands why we were really there other than oil Mm -hmm. and to be terrorists. So, and yeah, and I do find that it, for me, I found it just hard to sympathize. Yeah. You know, these are supposed to be your good guys. Like that whole sequence in the desert with Ralph Fiennes, I internally did find myself happy when Ralph Fiennes died. (laughs) 
because there is and I think I think this is an example of a movie where I think Catherine Bigelow much like Zoya Akhtar, mm-hmm. does the best job that she can with the content. Yes. I think she does a fine job with it. I think she brings a softness to it, but also brings her, like, strength and still makes it, like, masculine without making it toxic. Yeah. But I think she also brings her whiteness to it. Mm. And I think... I don't mean that as a dig at the film, necessarily, and more just a comment on the lens with which you view it, Mm -hmm. it really feels like you do have all these, literally all of them, except for Anthony Mackie, every soldier portrayed is white. Mm -hmm. All of them. And how their language about, like, killing people and how... And I know that's, like, it's meant to be just, that's how they talk, but then it just looks like that's just how a bunch of white guys talk. Yeah. Or even, like, when they're wrestling each other. Yeah. I'm like, do... But what men do that? Yeah. Because, like, I was sitting here watching it, I was like, do men do that? I'm going to ask Nadim if men do that. I wonder if Nadim ever did that with his brother, <laughs> like, when they were growing up. And I was oh. like, no, I, th- I don't think he did. I didn't. And I do think some guys do. Some yeah. guys do wrestle they, in the like, rough house yeah. and, like, all of that. Fine. And I think, like, that. I was also thinking that. I'm like, if I was at war, what would I be doing? Would I, would I be listening to heavy metal? Would I be doing this? And I was just like, no, you wouldn't be going to war. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have the mentality, you, you're not the type of person to even to want do to go. That, yeah. So you're not bringing your, like, La La Land poster and listening to, like, Rocky Raniki Prem Kahani on the base. Like, that's not, do you know what I mean? Like, the type of people who go to war, listen to heavy metal, yeah. and want to roughhouse. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, and maybe. It's desirable to those or, to, to those, those type, type of, people. of people. But what you're making it look like is that those people are all white. Catherine Bigelow, not you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't see it that way. I think it's, you. we do have Mackie in there. But, but I don't think Mackie counts. He's no. like, no, because there's nothing black about him. Aside from him being black, his race is never... But what would make him more black? Even, even... Like, what does that even mean? But even conversations about... I don't know, like, for instance, we see Jeremy Renner's family we see evangeline lily and we see the kid yeah right we don't see even a picture of his girlfriend no right he talks about it and that's kind of it if he's black which he is there might be a bit even more racism from the iraqi people because he's black because, there might yes. be more conversation there okay might be yes something. Yeah. there might be racism i thought you're saying like he needs a line about like growing up in the hood, the hood. i'm like no or like yeah or like a funny yeah. walk that's not what i'm saying okay i mean his race is just completely like it's kind of obliterated it's, it's obliterated this, yeah. completely right and fine like not everything has to be about race but as a result he's just one of the guys then yeah one of the White guys. guys in this war. In this war. I wonder what the statistics were, though. Oh, they're probably like, very low. Yeah. Like, the amount of non-white white people, people. Was probably it's probably extremely mm-hmm. low. So, I don't know. I just didn't... I, it was... And, like, even... Again, that scene in the desert, even when they're, you know, they're wearing the kufiyeh and they're trying to cover their faces from the sand or whatever yeah. it is, there's this... There's this level of, like, appropriation about all of it. Mm. Like, they they don't necessarily talk nicely to any of the local people. No. The only person who really does is Jeremy Renner here and there. But that's... He's just the kid. The kid. Yeah. There's no... Like, they're always... 
the, the people live in trash. I think another thing was, and I almost forgot this, the second sequence in the car where they're trying to he's trying to get the bomb out of the car yeah and they're like there's a lot of eyes on us there's a lot of eyes on us and they're like making such a big deal and it's meant to ramp up the tension and i'm just like no shit there's a lot of eyes on you you've invaded these people land and now you're making a mess of their place there's a lot of eyes on you like you're meant to actually and that's the thing you're meant to view those people as the villain Mm. you're meant to view them as a threat when all they're doing is they're watching the people who have it's torn a, up their home. Yeah. It's a very American yeah. version of what the story is. I think it would be more interesting to see the other side. Because I think for us, specifically because we're in North America, yeah. that's all that we have seen. Yeah. Is this one side of the of that specific war. Yeah. Do you know? I think I might have mentioned this to you. Yeah. Was, there was a TikTok or an Instagram or something. That of all the years America has been free, it has not been in war for 15. Wow. 15 years of America's existence that's has awful. not been spent in a war. That's insane. That's insane. That's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. That's so bad. And oh I think, I, th- I just think also... 15? Like 15. They've had a bicentennial. Yeah. <laughs> I think... It's hard to look at America right now, especially. Mm-hmm. I think their complicit their their complicity in what's happening in Palestine, the fact that there was a vote for a ceasefire like this week, and they were the sole country to vote no, mm-hmm. is horrific. Their president is happy to claim he's a Zionist. He's a Zionist without thinking about the repercussions of saying that. Exactly, like there is it's it's wild, and so. To watch this now, even just as like a film or as a movie, it just, I, yeah, I can't. It's hard. It's hard to watch it because you see the arrogance, you see the racism, you see the lack of care, despite the fact that I don't think Catherine Bigelow intends this to be propagandish. Or no. Like, or, you know. Because it is thoughtful. It is thoughtful. It's a thoughtful, a thoughtful film, but yeah. I think... It's just where we are. Where currently. we are currently. It's just I. I can't take it the way it's meant to be seen. Yeah. <coughs> Which is why I will say mm-hmm. that even when I watched it the first time, yeah, when I was dumber, mm-hmm. I didn't love it. No. 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 I did respect it. Yeah. And respect it more than your average war film, I'll say. But I kind of was like, yeah. Okay, it's a movie. Shall we take a look at... We should... This is an interesting year. This is an interesting year. Tell us why it is, Mitha. Okay, so this is the first year that... Since when? Since... I don't... When was the last? 1954. Since 1954. 1944. 44. So 1943, when Casablanca won, was the last time there were 10 nominees. So this is the first year that they brought back... The infamous 10 nominations. And you mentioned actually last week that that was partially probably due to the fact that um, the previous year, The Dark Knight was not nominated for Best Picture. And a lot of people felt like that it should have been included. But because there is a cap of five, that didn't happen. So they opened it up to 10. Now, when they opened this up, is it... So the rule is that... It can be 10. It doesn't have to be 10. So the rules have changed since okay. where they are now. Gotcha. There was one year where it had... There was a period of time where it had to be 10. Okay. There was a period of time 
now we're in the preferential ballot. So it has to be, a, it's a minimum of eight, a maximum of 10, something like that. And the way voting works, mm-hmm. do you know how the preferential ballot system no, works? No, tell me. If I can explain it. Okay. The way it works uh-huh. is that there's a threshold of votes a movie has to reach to rank. Okay. So let's say, let's say this year I have a ballot. I put Anatomy of a Fall as my number one. I put Oppenheimer as my number two. I put Barbie as my number three. Yeah. I vote. Those are Nadim's actual choices. They're my actual choices. <laughs> Those are my top three. Mm-hmm. My vote goes in. My vote is counted as a vote for Anatomy of a Fall. Okay. Okay? Now Anatomy of a Fall is getting all these votes. It's getting all these votes. Suddenly, it's reached the threshold. The threshold is some random number, like 354 or something. It's so, like, it's some... There's some math behind it, but it's a... Okay. It's a thing. So let's say it gets to that place and it hits that threshold based on the number one votes that it's received. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's a nominee. It's a guaranteed nominee. Now your vote comes in and you voted for Anatomy of a Fall is number one. Barbie is number two. Poor Things is number three. Your first vote for Anatomy of a Fall doesn't count because Anatomy uh, of a Fall is already nominated. Okay, gotcha. So now your vote mm-hmm. is going to Barbie. Okay. And then that continues. And then when Barbie gets nominated, your vote would go to poor things. Okay. So that's a preferential ballot system. Gotcha. So oftentimes what it means is you need to have passion. People need to, it's ones and twos and sometimes threes on your list that are important. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean. Doesn't mean pick what you actually think should be like culturally the best picture. But pick what you believe, like deep in your heart. What you actually believe. Because. There's a strong chance if you're picking a popular film, like this year, if you're picking Oppenheimer, a lot of people are probably going to vote for Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. So who else do you want to see nominated? Oh, you might then you might then push in something that might not actually have a chance. Is this for all categories no, or just best just picture? Best picture. Okay. So it's a very... And I, I don't know if that was the case at the time, uh-huh. but this is where we are. So in 2009, yes. these were the 10 <laughs> nominees, nine nominees aside from The Hurt Locker. Yeah. We have Meet This Favorite Film of All Time Avatar. <laughs> we have The Blind Side. Yeah. We have District 9. Okay. We have An Education. Mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah. We have A Serious Man. Yeah. We have Up. Yeah. And then we have Up in the Air. Wow. A very long list. Very long list. I have seen all except for... A Serious Man. A Serious Man in District 9. Okay, I've seen all. Okay. Yeah. I watched um, The Blind Side. I, yeah, I saw yeah. it, yeah. And I was going to watch A Serious Man, and then I just didn't have time. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good? Okay. Yeah. It's this, Coen's. Huh? It's the Coen Brothers. It's the Coen Brothers, yeah. who aren't always making No Country for Old Men. Yeah. It's quite an eclectic list. Yeah. More than many years, I'd say. Yeah. Like the, it's, it, this one just feels very Very random. all over the place, Yeah. Yeah. I think the, so for those that were living under a rock in 2009, yeah. the two front runners were The Hurt Locker and Avatar. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, if you didn't know, <laughs> Avatar is directed by uh, a guy named James. James. Jamie Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> Cameroon. Yes, Cameroon. <laughs> um, and The Hurt Locker was directed by Catherine Bigelow. And they once were married. They once married, yes. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why I love that so much, <laughs> but I really do. Yeah. That they were pit, head they were to head. Head, head, head to head. Head to head. But looking at that list, 
Like, that makes sense to me. That those would be the two frontrunners, even though this is quite, like, a wild... Yeah, like, I get it. The rest of those movies, I like some, I don't like others. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very all-over-the-place list. But like you're saying, I'm just like, yeah, people voted for those two movies. Yeah. Like, in the end, based on especially what we've seen of 80 years of Academy Awards, this is the 82nd, by the way, this makes those two nominees make sense. And there's a bunch of happy-to-be-heres. This is probably should have been here. Like, all of that. Mm-hmm. Up in the air is like a good to be here. Probably wasn't going to win. Yeah. There's something like Inglorious Bastards, which was great, but also not going to win. Not going to win, but probably like if I had a preferential ballot, I think Inglorious Bastards would be on my preferential ballot. It would be your one? No, I actually think an education might be my one. I love an education. I love an education too. I really do. If I'm voting, if I'm thinking about how I felt when I first watched those, yeah. though, and Glorious Bastards, it's like... It's like, yeah, that's probably my two. That bar scene... Oh, so cool. I remember watching that and being like, actually just, like, mesmerized That opening scene. The, it's full of just so really much great good filmmaking. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I saw it at home. I didn't see it in the theater. And I remember being like, wow, that was a dumb decision. This was fantastic. Yeah. I saw it in the theater, and people were going crazy. Oh, were they? People were so excited. The violence, <laughs> killing Nazis, skin yeah. and heads. Yeah, it was like it was very like palpable. Yeah, moment. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I'd seen that. Yeah, yeah. This is a really interesting list, but I completely actually get why this one because the Hurt Locker is. It's an interesting story to tell. Yeah, it is. And, like, while we have, like, our own, I guess, personal reservations against it because of Yeah, time, exactly, yeah. I can say, like, if you're going to pit, pit against the Hurt Locker and Avatar, like, Avatar, there is a lot of marvels in terms of, like, the actual creation of it and yes, the things he's able to do. yeah. Fine. But it's a terrible story. It's a story that's been told. It's nothing new. It's nothing innovative. No. It's not something we've Much seen Much like James Cameron in general. Exactly. Like, Titanic worked in spite of mm-hmm. the old wine. Yeah. Yeah. And even though we've talked a lot about war movies in this yeah. 82 years, this The Hurt Locker specifically does look at, like, a little bit of a different aspect than we've seen before yeah. of, like, what is... What what is the motivation behind like wanting to enter in such like a dangerous yeah. zone? And even kind of explaining that notion that how the the addiction to the adrenaline. Yeah, I get it. It's not, I'm not saying I'm going to go dismantle no, bombs no, and war myself. But watching this, I was kind of like, I kind of actually understand like yeah, what might be guiding that and going back to shop at a grocery store. Why that would be awful. Uh, although when I watch him play with that baby, I was like, I could play with the baby all day. Like I don't understand why. But I get what it's saying—the yeah. mundanity of it all. When that's what you've been living, that adrenaline rush, yeah, short of drugs. And like I don't feel, know where you're getting it. You feel like a superhero because yeah. you're being told what you're doing is for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of good behind it, and I understand why it won because I think at the end of the day, I'm also starting to realize I think there are a lot of Republicans in. Oh, especially in 2009. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think... This was just the start of Obama. Like, they barely had him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a very interesting year. I think we downplay... I don't know how to say this without, like, overplaying it. 
But I think we downplay the role that race identification plays, mm. even amongst white people. Like, I think the way that we talk about something like Slumdog last week and yeah. how important it was to us and how it makes us feel to see, feel seen, even though the perception is that white people are seen everywhere and mm-hmm. that's what it is, I think when you have things like this that kind of still feed into that, I think it does push it forward. Where, And that might be just me reading into something that isn't there, mm-hmm. in all fairness. Because something like an education is also completely Very white. white. <laughs> it's completely white. But to me, race doesn't play as much of a role in that story. There's also a female story, which is something we don't get yeah. very often. And I get that you have something like Precious, which is... A female story. A yeah. black woman. A black woman. Yeah. But that where race does play such an important yes. role. Or even something like Up in the Air, maybe. Mm, up in the Air is, is very white, but race doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like a white movie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if I'm it is all white people getting fired. It is. No, there's some colored people. People oh, of color. Oh yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. There, there are some people of color. I don't know if this is. I don't know if I, I'm articulating it or if it's just a feeling of like, and maybe it's because of the complete. It's brown people versus white people in this war. Like really, that's what it is. And there is a good. There's a notion of good versus evil, and there's a notion of good people versus bad people, and how, despite her best efforts, she is villainizing. The Iraqi people. Yeah. Even that kid. Like, there are... It's, it, he brushes them off in the end. And I think some of that is... She might not even realize that what she's done she it. Did. Yeah, exactly. Racism. Racism. So <laughs> Let's talk about Catherine Riggle for a second. Sure, Being yes. the first, first women in 82 women years to, to win. win an Academy Award for directing. Yeah. Kind of a... Not the last. <laughs> Not the last. Kind of a whimper of a movie to win it for. Kind of like a very masculine film. So like... Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's kind of... You know, as great as it is it is to have a yeah. woman win, it's a little like disappointing. Like when like I was... She like, had to win for a... She had to win for this. Like, like a Manny War movie. Yeah. When you Not have, a single woman, except Evangeline Lilly saying like three things. Yeah. Playing a mom. Playing a mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indescript white mom. No women in the Iraq war, apparently. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Because it... that would have been an interesting thing, right? If one of those uh, soldiers was a woman. If Anthony Mackie was a woman. Was a woman and didn't, it did, had nothing to do with... Or honestly, the Brian Garrity character could, could have been, been a, a woman. woman. Yeah. And, and had... that would have been much more interesting. And had nothing to do with her being a woman. Yeah. Right? It was still about... What she was doing in this war and how it made her feel. Yeah. It actually could have very easily been a woman. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm also forgivable because I do know that in a few years time or in a year time, we're going to have. Is it a year? Yeah. It's 2010, right? Zero dark 30? Or is it 12? I think it's, I think it's, uh, 11? two years. Yeah. Okay. Well, we get zero dark yeah. 30, which in my opinion the is the stronger Catherine Bigelow film. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But I think. That's a busy year, but I think I will watch it if I can. I quite like Zero Dark Thirty. What year is it? 2012. 12. We've got okay. some time, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, because I do think Zero Dark Thirty is a stronger film and more interesting film. Mm-hmm. And part of that is Jessica Chastain. It's it's a pe- female perspective of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this provides no female perspective. No, whatsoever. Yeah. And so it's disappointing in that. And then, I mean, we do get it with Chloe Zhao, like Nomad Land. Nomad Land. Nomad Land. Nomad Land, which we'll no, talk about. One of the most boring ones of all time. Does have a woman in it. 
But I don't know. This year, this could be a really exciting year. I don't think it's going to go that way. Oh, it's not. She's not going to win me. No, that. but she's I think, not winning. But she'll definitely be nominated. I think most likely. But yeah. in front of Martin Scorsese and and Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan, she's not winning. She's but not winning. In front of Christopher Nolan and Martin Scorsese, who actively made two of their best films in their careers. Yeah, fair. She's got no chance. You never know. No, she's got what no chance. What if she like Mita. just sneaks up there? I never say never. You, you sometimes you can. No, I, I will never. I will say bet never. good money. I think she, even if she gets nominated, she's at the bottom of the list. Yeah, whatever. It sounds like Yorgos is even better. <laughs> oh, really? People are saying poor things. Yeah. It's getting great reviews. I just don't get. So here's my thing with the ten. Why not have ten best directors? <laughs> That's just a lot. It's a lot. It just yeah. becomes a lot. Mm. Do you have sequel prequel ideas for the Hertz? <laughs> I kind of want to know. I know you love this. <laughs> it's my favorite movie of all time. Of all time. I want to know what happens to Mackie. He's my favorite. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I love Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Uh, all these people also are like Marvel people. Yeah, that's true. Which is like wild to me. Yeah. That this is That's where their that's career where they go. is going to go. That's where you're going to end up. <laughs> um, but no, I actually really do like Mackie. He's the comedic relief in this movie in a lot of ways. Is he? A little kind of bit. A dick. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> uh, and I want to know: Does he get have a son? No, oh, sure. I, I want that for him. Yeah, I really no, I don't really have any. No, I get. Do that. you? No. Okay. I think this was. I mean, that segues well into my rating. Yeah. I think this was like the Archies. Yeah. The best version of the movie it could have been, and I truly, actually, do mean that. I mm-hmm. think that all things considered, and war being boring. This is, yeah, I, like, let me call it spade a spade. I think war is boring. I think we've seen great war films from, like, 1931 mm-hmm. with All Quiet on the Western Front, the original. Back then to now, haven't really said much else. Even with, like, 1918 or, you know, so many well-made, well-crafted war films. But, like, war is bad is generally the, the tone yeah. of these films. And I get it. It is. This is a film that's trying to say something different and focus less on the larger picture of war and more on the individual and how they kind of deal with things. So I, I like that and I respect it. And I think she does it in a classy way. Does it deserve best picture? It's a real question this time. And whether it deserves best picture, would I have voted for it uh-huh. on a preferential ballot? Probably not. Mm. I think I would have voted. You know what? Even though I love an education, I think I really would have voted for Inglorious Bastards one, and probably Up in the Air too. Yeah, I really, I really like Up in the Air, and oh, Up yeah. in the Air is also a really personal story. You know, about the need for human connection and yeah. what that means, and uh, I really like Up in the Air. Actually, I don't think I would have voted for this because, despite what it's trying to say and what what it's trying to do. I just find war itself so off-putting, even at the time. Now I have a very different perspective of it. I have very different feelings of it, especially in this moment in 2023 at the end of the year, while we are sitting, watching, experiencing everything. A new everything. war come a new, alive. Yeah, yeah, everything that's happening in the Middle East, it's hard to watch this without that experience now. Yeah. So I can't say that. At the time, probably wouldn't have voted for it. Does it deserve it, though? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. Like, I don't know. Does it deserve it of an avatar? Yes. 
Okay, yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Does it deserve it over Avatar? Yes. Mm-hmm. If the choice was between the two of them, I would vote for this. This deserves it over Avatar. Mm-hmm. It is the more skilled, intelligent, intellectual film. But it still doesn't feel like Best Picture. That's the other thing. Yeah. Avatar actually does feel like the Best Picture. Mm. Even though it isn't. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, to be yeah. quite honest. This is a bit of a funny year. Yay, Catherine Bigelow. I'm glad a woman finally won. It long time coming. Mm-hmm. Would have been nice if it was for a better film. Yeah. In my opinion. I trying to separate my current opinion of where I stand with uh, the the war in Palestine, the genocide in Palestine, and how I felt about it when I watched it. I think I'm comfortably landing on a three star. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Respect to the movie and what it was trying to do. And I think I'm actually trying to... Re- if I if I take my current stance on it, it would be lower. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's fair to the film because the intentionality behind the film was clearly different. Yeah. But white people stop painting people of color as the villain. Yeah. There you go. Your turn. My turn. There's nothing new to say about war. This is my, yeah. my PSA to all filmmakers, writers. There's nothing new to say. War is war. War is dumb. War is bad. There's always good versus evil. I'm going to correct you. In 10 years, when the movies about what's happening in Palestine are made, those will be interesting films. If they are made from a perspective we have not seen before. Yes. Because what I was about to say (laughs) is we have seen this side Side, so much. We have not seen the other side. Or at least if those films are being made in those countries, like they're not being brought... To the mass of North yeah. America. And I would like to see those. Yeah. Just, I think overall I will never really enjoy a war movie regardless of what side. Yeah. But I would like to hear the other voices. Yeah, I'd like to hear those stories and what's happening there. Um, because there's probably something more interesting. We've seen this before. Yeah. We understand the psychology of a soldier. There's nothing really new being said here. Yeah. But I also think that The Hurt Locker probably falls into place of a time and a place because it's 2009. George Bush is finally out of office. I don't remember exactly where they were standing in terms of the Iraq war at that time. But I think people felt like because Obama had been elected, there was going to be a resolve. And I think people were motivated by this and probably wanted to see this represented on the screen for whatever reason. I think she does a really great job of depicting the story she's telling. Is it the best story? No. Is it necessary? No. But what she does in this is quite good. I think when you put it up against Avatar, definitely this is the better film. But there is another war movie nominated. And that movie is called Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> a very different war movie. A very yeah. different war movie. But if you're going to give me a war movie, give me something new. Yeah. Give me something that excites me, that's exhilarating, yeah. that shows also, like, shows stories from the different aspects of this war. You're telling me stories of a Nazi yeah. and as well as the the Jewish people that are being tortured by this Nazi and the American soldiers who are trying to yeah. get to the Nazis. Like there's all three perspectives are in yeah. that movie and they're all played out. So, so fun Yeah, with fun violence. It's a real fun movie. It's a fun yeah. movie. And yeah. I think that that's 
so difficult yes, to do. Absolutely. Like it could be so uh, trashy in a lot of ways and Quentin balances it out really well. Amazing. The man will never win a best picture and he'll probably never. I think it'll, I think it's the last one he will. You think, no, I, think, I no, don't. Whatever number, nine, ten? ten, I think he will. I think, I, th- I think so. We'll see. Yeah. I don't think he will ever win. Yeah. I think, I, but I also kind of think like, I think that makes it even better for him. I think not that to that, yeah, to not. I think ever he's won uh, writing Oscars because I think what's great is like he has never won Best Picture. Yeah, but like we know he's made fantastic yeah. films. I think there's something kind of special about that. Who would you vote for in that run? Yeah, what are your it's between Inglorious Bastards and An Education? Okay. For me, it's a tough. I think, I think I have rewatched Inglorious Bastards. More than I have an education. That's a good point. So I would give it to Inglorious Bastards. Okay. But I really love I an education. Love if you've never seen it, oh my God, you might adorbs. think it's boring, but it's adorable. Adorbs. I love I love to hate Peter Sarsgaard yeah. in an education. Um but yes, watch that. But yes, we have two war movies here. One is actually telling like quite compelling yeah. new perspectives of a story we've heard so often. And one is sort of telling us of what we kind of already know. But I think in terms of that time and where America was um, and probably where the Academy was, the Herlocker is the more intriguing story. So I I get why it won. Does it deserve it? No, I don't know. It's, that's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, right? It is. I guess if I'm thinking in 2009... No, I'm still going with Inglorious Bastards. I think that that was so fun and inventive. And for me, specifically being like 18 years old, yeah, like that that to me is a better picture. So I'm going to say no, it doesn't really deserve its win. Okay. That's where I'm going to land with that. In terms of my star rating, I'm at a solid three yeah. as well. Halfway through there. I think, yeah. Yeah. Makes the most sense. It does. Yeah. And uh, it is great to have a female win. Yes. Best director and best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I, I wish it was for a more female-centric film. I Substantial think we, film. Yeah, something yeah. that like really made its marker. Yeah. Yeah. I think if Jane Campion had won for the piano, that would have felt more like a... Yeah, that's more like of a, a... A win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, to correct myself, it doesn't have to be a feminine movie. Yeah. But it does need to be something that I think... With gravity. Really, has gravity and yeah. says something. Especially because, I mean, we'll get to it, obviously, but No Man Land is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. And so Chloe Zhao doesn't feel like a big win. Yeah. And, and Jane Campion doesn't feel like a big win for Power of the Dog either. Because it's also not her best. Yeah. Did she win director that She did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the girl who directed Coda didn't even get nominated. No, not yeah. Coda's Coda. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess that's in the future. Yes. And that was the Hurt Locker. That was the Hurt Locker. It was all the hurts of the lockers. They were just, you know, slammed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, what does Hurt Locker mean? They Um, never explain it. They don't in the movie, which, like, I... I I shouldn't have to look it up. You shouldn't have to look it up. I shouldn't have to look it up. But I also don't love when it's, like, so... On the nose? crash. Like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I shouldn't have to look up. Look up what the Hurt Locker is. Yeah. Should I look it up? No, you don't need to. (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, Mita. Yes. Last week, mm-hmm. you had me connect your boy. Yes. Michael Clayton. We, MC. To a little movie. Yeah. That could. Yes. And did. Yes. Called The Dark Knight. Yes. And I could not do it because there were too many people. Yeah. <laughs> it was midnight too, so I'm giving myself the out. This week, I would like you to connect uh-huh. The Dark Knight. Okay. And our boy, Chris Nee. Chris yeah. Nolan. Yeah. To a little movie I know you like. Yeah. An education. Oh, I love an education. <laughs> I love an education. I really do love an education. Yeah. Okay. There's a very simplistic way to do I'm it. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Okay. And your timer, it starts now. Okay. The Dark Knight is directed by Christopher Nolan, who yeah. also directed Dunkirk, which stars Barry Keoghan, yeah. who is in, uh, currently in theater, Saltburn, with okay. one Carrie Mulligan, okay. who is an education. She is an education. Very good. Yeah. Very nice. Was that the easy way? Um, oh, wait, there's an easier way. The Dark Knight stars one Maggie Gyllenhaal, yes, who is married, married to, to Peter, Peter Sarsgaard, who is in an education. That is one Look degree at me. short. Yeah. Good. Look Look good. Well done. Me. Yeah. yeah. One degree shorter. There's probably more, actually. Yeah, there's, there's so probably, many there's people. British people. There's British people. Yeah. <laughs> there's Michael Caine. Yeah. Who must have done something with Carrie. Is Robert Pike in an education? Yes. Okay. I just was trying yeah, to remember. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of people in it. Her and Carrie Mulligan are together a lot. Yeah, they did Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice too. And yeah. then now Saltburn. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Also, Carrie Mulligan's probably one of my favorite parts of Saltburn. She's not in it enough. No. She's in it like three scenes. We need scenes. more of that. Yeah. yeah. And then she's dies. Yes. Shh. You spoiled it. It's a I'll take it out. Movie. I'll take it okay. out. Okay, Mita. Mm-hmm. What's next week? Next week, Nadim. I totally forgot. Oh, you don't know? No. Next week is supposed to be the social network. But right. we're actually watching The King's Speech. So I'm going to watch The Social Network. <laughs> as well as... Yeah, I'll the watch King's The King's Speech, yeah. too, which I have never seen. No? No. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I was still kind of young at this time, yeah. and I wasn't... But you had seen The Social Network. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you my story. About okay. The Social Network yeah. and your yeah. fuck you full of fluffs? <laughs> Pretentious douchebag. <laughs> With my Prada at the cleaners. I love that. What great lines. Damn it, Aaron Lawyer Sorkin. Up, asshole. asshole. Oh, it's so good. I'm coming for everything. Not seen. All- oh, like, yeah. How is he not nominated? I know. I love it. We all get to it. Yeah. Me, that you have parting words. Yes, I do. War is a drug. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. I will say that sometimes quotes work mm-hmm. and sometimes they're too on the nose. Yeah. You're not going to tell me what the Hurt Locker is, but you're going to tell me the theme of the movie within the first three seconds of it. Like, give me, give me, like, some balance here. Yeah. Right? Thank you so much for listening, (laughs) friends. Please, like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for The King's Speech. Yep. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.